what are you gonna, gonna do? do? <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> <laughs>What's up, Story Geeks? It's Daryl. We are geeks, and we love geek stories. Science fiction, fantasy, comic books. We love to love geek stories, but sometimes we also love to hate them. We have opinions, and we want to share them, so that's what we're doing today. The Story Geeks are going to hash it out. That's right, and we would love for you to join our conversation. I am the co-host of this show, Jay, and we want to hear your thoughts. Hash it out with us. The first step is making sure you're subscribed. Subscribe on our blog iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and or YouTube. And be sure to leave us a comment and connect with us on social media. And as always, the Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. That's right. So today, we are going to hash it out over 80s geek movies. So we're talking about best 80s geek movies. Now, best is subjective here because we're pretty much just talking about our favorites but we like to think that we like good things so hopefully you'll agree with a lot of these we're going to take a top 10 approach here we're going to walk through our top 10 80s geek movies so obviously these movies have to have been released in the 80s and they have to fall into our category our description of a geek movie right or we have to be able to argue why they're a geek movie yeah exactly so that's that's what we're doing. You have anything you want to say before we dive in? Well, just just only to say that the whole reason we're doing this is because um, you're listening to this podcast right before Ready Player One comes out. That's right. And so part of it was for us to reflect on. I was born in '81. Daryl was born a few years before that, and we're '80s kids, right? Yeah. So this whole podcast is us basically saying like, "Oh, you're making Ready Player One." But we're the 80s kids, so we kind of knew what we were into. So let's talk about those movies, which was our favorite geek movies. So don't screw up the DeLorean. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So we do have some additional Patreon content as well. So if you you don't know what Patreon is, um, I'll talk about that later in a little bit more detail. But it's a way to support us. And we are going to record Patreon content on this show and that content's going to be the worst 80s geek movie <laughs> that's so that's right. going to be really fun yes. we have the best 80s um, geek movies and then the worst 80s geek movies and just want to say a quick thank you to our our two of our new patrons so two of our new patrons are wade thank you wade so much we really appreciate you and jeremy thank you jeremy um, we appreciate both you guys and um Please share with with everybody else. You, if you're a Patreon, you can get additional content. I'll talk about that later. Um, but there's also other ways to support us. Yeah, another way you can support us, please go to iTunes and write a review. The more reviews we get, the more people will see us. Um, and maybe we can get onto some of those browsing lists and featured lists in iTunes. Exactly. And start getting the story geeks up there. So. We've had a lot of great reviews. Um, we'd really appreciate it if you would go out and write us a review on iTunes. Yep, and um, we do. We will read your reviews on iTunes as well. We got a bunch of them to read in the backlog to do that. We're not going to read any of them today, <laughs> but um, and we're also going to kind of just jump into this because um, we don't have a guest today That's either. Right. So um, where are we starting, Daryl? How are we how are we starting this? Well, I think we got to start at ten and work our way to one. I think that makes the most sense. <laughs> start, at, start at one and then the yeah. podcast gets real the boring. The best and then there's all this other crap. No. Yeah. So let's start at 10 and uh, why don't you kick us off? So what is your number 10 best 80s geek film? Yeah. So 
I'm gonna before I just jump into that, I do want to give you a little bit of uh, my own criteria All right. that I'm using. Here come the qualifications. Qualifications, yes, qualifications. Yep, all the disclaimers that I need to have are on here. Uh, the first thing is that it has to feel the movie has to feel like it was made in the eighties. Does that make sense? Like there's some movies. So for example, you everybody listening to this podcast knows that I love Indiana Jones and Star Wars, but those movies could have been made. I mean, I think that they were they were made in the eighties, but they don't feel like they were made in the eighties necessarily. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they're timeless. Yeah. These have to feel like they were made in the eighties. Um, also, I think that there's a piece of the criteria where it would be super difficult, if not impossible, to replicate the movie in 2018. Okay. So you almost couldn't make the movies on my list today. So do you, I mean, I guess we don't want to do spoilers, but are there Star Wars and Indiana Jones films? No well, Star Wars, no Indiana serious? Jones. Yeah, there's not a single one of those on my list. Oh my list. gosh. Yeah. And then the third one I have is, and this is more important in my top five than it is in the top ten. But the the um the third criteria I have is that the stars in the movie are sort of quintessential '80s icons. Wow. Okay. So those are my kind of three criteria. Okay. I had to I had to do that because I didn't want to have a whole list of like Star Wars and Indiana Jones. It's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Fair enough. So my number ten <clears throat> is a movie. Well, really quick, yeah. I will say. Yeah. I did not put that much thought into it. <laughs> <laughs> I just straight up picked what i thought were the best movies released in the 80s so it's cool too i don't think that's a problem so so my number 10 approaches uh my number 10 is a movie that i loved as a kid i'm sure if i watched again i would think that it was not great see that's something that i thought about because i came up with a lot of movies that i did love as a kid yeah that i've since gone back and been like oh wow yeah i was not very discerning as a kid so i've tried to avoid some of those well and i I probably would avoid it If I knew how bad it was, yeah. but I'm I'm just not going there. So um, so my number ten. I actually remember getting a. I don't get emotional in movies very often. I remember getting emotional in this movie, Short Circuit. Oh, Short Circuit. <laughs> yep, number ten. Johnny Five. I don't July. think it could be made today because I think that they would. It would be they have too much cultural insensitivity. <laughs> there would be, <laughs> it would be like, and, and the the effects would not be as good. I, I don't know. There wouldn't be a sense of wonder. We see robots all the time. Like yeah. that robot's almost real yeah. now, <laughs> right? So, that's my number ten. What's Steve yours? Gutenberg, Ali Sheedy, quintessential '80s stars. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. Short Circuit. There was a Short Circuit too, as well. There was without Steve Gutenberg, so which as soon as you remove the goot, it's like it's no good anymore. <laughs> Same thing the Police Academy movie suffered from, right? Like yeah, no Gutenberg. That's right. No goodness. That's right. Okay, well my number ten is actually is a movie that I really enjoyed as well, and I think as I'm looking at my list, I think I've done. Like I said, I really tried to pick movies that do still hold up. Oh, okay, good. So movies that. I wouldn't go back and watch again and kind of be embarrassed by. Okay. And this particular movie is my very favorite movie from a director that nowadays mm-hmm. I severely dislike. Michael Bay? No, not Michael oh. Bay. <laughs> James Cameron. Ooh, so, James and it's Cameron. The Abyss. The Abyss. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've talked yeah. about this before on the, yes. on the podcast. Love The Abyss. 
Is there any, yeah, there are quintessential 80 stars in the abyss too. Oh, for sure. Well, so you, actually, Ed Harris. Ed, but well, Ed, he's come on, more Ed Harris 90s. is just as viable today as he was he's back then. He's actually probably more viable today than yeah. he was back then. That's Mike, that's a good point. Michael Bean was more of an 80s actor and a big time James Cameron actor. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Aliens, Terminator. You know, he was kind of all over James Cameron's stuff. Yeah, that's true. Um, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio was in it. Hmm. Uh, you and you really people. know this movie? I do. I'm like I don't even know who that this person. This movie is. was a big deal for me because it's I was young and it's one of those movies that kind of broadens your horizons. Like I hadn't seen mm. a lot of yeah underwater movies, and it's just as good as any space sci-fi film you've ever seen. It just takes place underwater. Yeah, and I even remember the trailer. Really? Yeah. I mean, this came out, I think it was, I think it came out in 89. So it's on the, the latter half of the 80s. Okay. But I remember the trailer and I even remember, you know, there's this like Southern cowboy dude who's part of the crew. And I remember him saying, this year's a bottomless pit, baby. Two and a half miles straight <laughs> down. That's awesome. <laughs> That's in the trailer. This movie is probably single-handedly responsible for launching Sequest DSV. <laughs> Actually, Sequest came before this. Sequest DS, yeah, oh, DSV really? is actually a revitalization of an old TV show. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Now I think I did not know that. Was I true. don't know a whole lot about the original Sequest, but it was not Star Trekish. Like it was much simpler. Oh, okay. But yeah. But I liked Sequest. That Sequest was, is not bad. It was not a good show, but I, I liked it. <laughs> I did too. I used to dig that show. So yeah, if you guys have not seen The Abyss, see The Abyss and yeah. see the director's cut. It's a very different film, and it makes more sense. <laughs> you talked about that on the on the one podcast yeah. we did, yeah. Yeah. All right, so my number nine is a film. That, so we started out actually by doing our top five. Yes. And we and we did have a guest, and the the guest couldn't make it, so we said, you know what, let's do our top ten. Yeah. So this film was going to make my honorable mentions, but <laughs> it was not going to make anything else. And partially because when I saw it on a list, I was like, oh. That film, I used to love that film. Then I watched the trailer for it, and I was like, "Why did I love that?" Film? <laughs> <laughs> but the film is the Last Starfighter. Oh, the Last Star. The Fighter. Last Starfighter. Yep. I rewatched that. You a did a few months ago. And what did you think? Uh, some of it, I was like, "Oh, I totally remember this. I get why this is great." Yeah. And the other parts of it, I'm like, "Yeah." And you know what it is? It's the Earth stuff that I think is great. When they oh. get up into space, I think. It starts to suffer. Well, but. that's what that's kind of what I was thinking based on the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> now, what was the what was the film? It was not the last Starfighter because that's a different film. But it's a film where the the kid enters like the the silver beam. flight of the navigator. Flight of the navigator was yeah. that an eighties film? Oh yeah. Oh man, maybe I should have put that one. On. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been. On I remember list. that one too. I. Uh, but that's I've the one so that I probably liked even better. I probably liked that one even better as a kid. Uh, one of the, the ones that, I mean, I know we're not into honorable mention territory just yet, but one of the ones that I really enjoyed along those lines of like kind of the childhood space exploration approach yeah, yeah. was a movie called Explorers. Oh, interesting. Have you heard of that? I feel like I have, but I don't remember. It's with uh, Mackenzie Aston, hmm. who's Sean Aston's brother. Oh, no way. Um, and a couple, I think Ethan Hawke is in it, a young really? Ethan Hawke. Why I'm going to look it up on IMDb because 
I have a habit of saying things that aren't true and then <laughs> I don't know about that. Stupid. But um that was a good one. That they basically they built a rocket in their backyard out of like junked car parts and things like that. No way. I don't think I remember this. And um it actually worked and they went to space. <laughs> and I'm trying to find the movie the heck i can't find it on imdb the explorers yeah maybe it's called something else the space explorers or something maybe it's just called oh it's just called explorers okay yeah 1985 yeah ethan hawk nice ethan hawk oh no no mackenzie aston's not in it sorry i misspoke okay it's ethan hawk and river phoenix oh no way river phoenix very young river phoenix yeah 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 this is pre-indiana jones these were kids yes yeah yeah so good movie that's cool (laughs) <laughs> but my number nine is a tad bit more iconic than that. Okay. Um, and it's a little film called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, nine? Nine. Oh, man. I know, I know. It's your favorite movie. It hurts my soul. So I don't I don't mean to offend you, but there are eight movies that I think are Too late. better. <laughs> um, um, I mean, we've talked about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah so much obviously it's an amazing film from yeah. an amazing franchise three great movies three great movies yeah and that's it that's that, it that was just three great movies <laughs> yep. now obviously quintessential 80s director oh um, my the 80s director the 80s director yeah and the 90s director and <laughs> yeah. yeah but um yeah even the, even the late 70s director that's true yeah um let me do my own right. Do it. Okay. This is going to somewhere when Sandra Demas listens to this podcast, she's <laughs> going to be so excited that I have said this. Edgar Wright didn't direct movies in the eighties. No, he didn't. But there's a movie in the eighties that came out with my buddy Falcor <laughs> called oh, The Never Ending Story. That one is uh <laughs> that's sitting right near the top of my bad movies list to talk about later but that's fine well so here's the thing this is another this is another one of those movies that i know i don't even want to watch this movie right now that's don't, how, I, I would urge you not to. Yeah. i did that recently too because <laughs> it's it, but as a kid i watched it over and over and over have you ever played the legend of zelda like any of the maybe oh, even yes like back back in the day yeah well more like the later ones where they act the characters have voices and you can hear Zelda talk no I haven't I swear they took her voice straight out of the never ending story <laughs> <laughs> because she's like Link Link and it's just like this like wayfish like sort of ethereal high pitched female kid voice and that's hilarious it just makes me think of Atreyu you know? <laughs> <laughs> isn't there a band named Atreyu now I'm sure there is I think there is yeah. What's your number eight? Um, my number eight, again, we're going to go iconic here. It's Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, do we, I guess we don't need to talk about Star Wars all that much on this podcast anymore. Oh, yeah. But we can. Star Wars, yeah. But, I mean, I've said before, Return of the Jedi is, was my favorite Star Wars movie when I was a kid. And I just, it's the most nostalgic one for me. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a, you, you might not have another Star Wars on your list. I might not. Oh man, I'm I'm curious now. But I might. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, return. Of the I mean, Jedi. I can't argue with any of your list because I. To, so just just for reference, everyone that listens to this knows this. But if you're new to the podcast, yeah, I love the movies Daryl's talking about way more than I love the anything else in the whole world. <laughs> well, movie wise, <laughs> movie wise, yeah. Um, but my criteria is like those are not. I don't even think about those as being 80s movies sometimes. Which you know is I mean? why, for me, they should be on my list. I mean, we, we approach yeah. this differently, which is cool because we can talk about different films. Well, that's kind of one of the reasons why I chose to approach it differently. Because yeah. I'm like, I, I, I want it to be different. So yeah. I'm just going to yeah, say different stuff. But. but for me, that's why movies like this end up on my list. Because I can go watch it right now, and I don't feel like I'm watching an 80s movie. Exactly. And I yeah, think exactly. that's... I mean, that's a major, major sign of a great movie. It's a testament to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. So what's your number seven? My number seven is probably going to be the most controversial because you're probably going to be really pissed that I put it at seven. Pissed? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> you think I'm I think so. pissed? Well, okay, so here's the thing. I'm trying to think about what... Why would I be pissed? Because it's so low? Or yeah. Because it made your list Because it's all? so low. No, because it's so low. Let me see it. Because it's it's probably the <sighs> second highest quality movie on my list. <laughs> um, it doesn't speak well of your list, but well, I'm just saying from like so, it's E.T. the oh, extraterrestrial. That doesn't piss me okay. off. Okay, and the reason why here's the reason why I saw this movie as a kid, and honestly, I liked movies like The Neverending Story and The Last Starfighter better as a kid. Now, I know yeah. if I were to go back as an adult and watch all these movies, I would go, oh, E.T. is way better than these yeah. films. But as a kid, I preferred these films. Excuse so that's the, that's the big difference is that as a kid in the 80s, when I watched this film, I was like, would I rather have an alien visit me or would I rather become the last Starfighter? I'd rather sure. become the last Starfighter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So E.T. is at number seven. Especially if E.T. gets sick, you get sick. <laughs> Exactly. If I don't need that. Drunk, you get drunk. <laughs> I don't need those problems. I got enough problems on my own. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is a problem. But no, that doesn't piss me off at all. Okay. My number seven is E.T. the Extraterrestrial. <laughs> <laughs> well done, <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's completely appropriate. I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I. I did originally have it a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of stepped back and looked at my list and I'm like, is that true? Am I putting it there because I feel like it should be there? Right. Am I putting it there because it's the Amblin logo? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. you know, am I am I attributing other stuff to it rather than just how much I like the movie? Right. And I think I kind of decided that I was. And there was some other stuff below it that I felt really deserved to be above it. Yeah. So. Well, as you mentioned that, um, there's another podcast that you that you can go probably back and listen to because this one will come out after it. But there's a podcast that we did with Sandra Demas yep. where we actually broke down the best Steven Spielberg geek movies. Yep, and that's a different criteria. Like already, already we're sitting here going like that's a different criteria because in a quality measure, that's going to be one of the highest ones on an '80s movies list for sure. Yeah. So I like the fact that we approach it differently because we can have different. But then we have the same. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? do? <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> oh, that was the creepiest podcast ever where everything's the same. <laughs> We've been doing this for too long. <laughs> I know. All right. My number six yeah. is Spaceballs. Ah, Spaceballs. Yeah. Spaceballs is an honorable mention for me. I just could not quite justify getting it in the top ten. But Yeah, and, and it didn't make my top five because I like some of my top five better. But if you think about it, like almost impossible to remake that film. Oh, yeah. You couldn't do it in 2018. Yeah. 
um, quintessential 80s stars. Yeah. 70s and 80s stars, kind of. But Rick Moranis, 80s star. Yeah, for um, sure. Mel uh, Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks, eighties movie director, yogurt, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So all 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 of the parts of that, a young Bill Pullman. Yeah, yeah, it was one of his first movies. Yeah, so got to put that up there. It's number six. What about what's your number six? Spaceballs. That's not. Oh. My, no, it's not, it's not my number six. I'm like, no, I'm not, the Matrix. No, the glitch in the Matrix. No. I'm not done talking about Spaceballs yet, though. Cause I didn't, I didn't put it on my list. Cause I, I think, I don't know, maybe I was throwing a little bit more objectivity okay. into my list, but if you're going to talk about the quality yeah. of a film, Spaceballs is not a great film, but, <laughs> but it is hilarious. Yes. And there are some jokes in that movie that totally still hold up today. Yeah. 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 Like, um, let's the combination comb, let's on comb the, the desert. Comb the desert, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the combination on my luggage, one, two, three, four. You know? <laughs> Editor's note, five. Yeah, it's, I almost want to watch it again talking about it. Evil will always triumph over good because good is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so what's your number six? Um, My number six is one of my favorite superhero movies. Oh, there's there's a bit of a shortage of superhero movies in the 80s Wait, of so, good ones. Yeah, so it's going to either be uh, of one of two that I can predict it to be. Okay, what are they? It's either the Superman 2 uh-huh. or Batman. You're right. It is one of those. <laughs> okay, which one is it? <laughs> it's Superman 2. Mm. Um, which <clears throat> I struggled with. Is Superman 2 better than E.T.? Ooh, and man, that's a tough question right there. Maybe like critically, yeah. Maybe it's not, but for me, it is. Just because you just enjoyed it more. I did. Yeah, and it really is. It holds up as a great superhero film. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, I can point to Terrence Stamp as Zod, as being way better than Michael Shannon as Zod. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, he's cheesier, but <laughs> yeah. But um, but he has a diabolical mustache and goatee. He does, <laughs> and I think what I like about him, and um, if you go back a few weeks to our Man of Steel make it better episode, we talk a little bit about Zod's motivations. Yeah, in we, that episode. we both had that on our yeah. list, and we talk about how his motivation is not so much to conquer; it's to make to remake Earth as a new krypton yep so he's not like power hungry he's not a conqueror right which zod is supposed to be Mm. um and i think terrence stamps zod from superman 2 is much more that character got it so got it that makes sense i really like that and i think it's an interesting film too because you know half of it is a donner film yeah and half of it is directed by somebody else and you can you can find the richard donner cut very fragmented because it has like screen test footage and it's you really have to lean into it to get the story <laughs> but yeah um i think for a movie that has two directors it came out really good and as we know from recent <laughs> releases that doesn't always happen <laughs> exactly so, exactly so yeah for me superman 2 comes in at number six i can dig that i like it what what year was that released 80 it was, I think it was 80. Yeah. yeah. The first one was 78. Yeah. 
and the second one was in 80. Late 70s, early 80s was like the golden era of a blockbuster, lot of amazing movies. Yeah, Jaws. Yeah. You Star had, you Wars. Jaws, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. Um, all of these, right in a row. All right in a row. Yeah. Uh, and then a bunch of other ones that I have on my list. Yeah. <laughs> but before we go to that, I want to let you guys know about one of the ways that you can support us. We are on Patreon. What is Patreon? Patreon is a service that allows fans to support creators, just like the Story Geeks. Um, the cool part is that it also allows us to show our appreciation to our supporters by offering additional exclusive content. In fact, this very episode, talking about geek films from the 80s, We'll have extra Patreon content as well. What are we doing with that, Daryl? We're going to talk about the worst geek films of yeah. the 80s. Awesome. So you're hearing us talk about the best geek films of the yeah. 80s based on our Ready Player One preparedness. So we're being real nice, real kind, really we're praising good. everybody right now. <laughs> If That's you right. want to hear us be jerks, <laughs> listen to Patreon. That's right. And it should be really fun. Uh, so to support us, which we're super grateful for, and to unlock that exclusive content, all you have to do is subscribe on Patreon for only $3 a month. That's lower than the price of a comic book these days. It's lower than the price of gourmet coffee. So that's just once a month. So please support us. Head on over to www.thestorygeeks.com and subscribe. It's super easy. And every time we release new content, you'll be notified via email. Actually, I have a really good system around that. They notify you as soon as new content comes out. Yep. It also has its own iTunes feed. It'll pop up right there for you. That's right. Yep. That's exactly right. And we really appreciate all of our Patreon supporters. So please go and do that. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do. So now let's move into our top five. Yes. And we'll we'll probably take a little bit longer to talk about each of these. Yeah. Because it's the top five. Exactly. So why don't you start us off? What is your number five film? So my number five film, uh, the reason I had to move it down to number five, because it was originally at number two. Ooh. But I had to move it down because what I realized was that I do believe this movie could actually be remade. And it actually sort of was remade. At the rate you're going now, I'm sort of expecting like Labyrinth or Legend. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not quite Maybe that Howard intense. The Duck. <laughs> no, no. Oh. Spoiler alert for, <laughs> for other, later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's Tron. Oh, Tron. Yeah. yeah. So Tron's at number five, and, and the only reason Tron's at number five is because um, it was at number two. I loved this film as a kid. Mm -hmm. Loved, loved, loved this film. Um, how cool is it that they're inside computers, that there's tanks, that there's light cycles? I mean, yeah. super cool. But the only thing that, that made me bring it down to five was that Jeff Bridges, to me, has been a star for decades. So this wasn't like we didn't need this movie to make Jeff, uh, Jeff Bridges a star. He's always been a star yeah. in many regards. Uh, and also because I do think that the new Tron sort of remade. I know it's a continuation, yeah. but it sort of remade this story again. And it didn't seem like it had to be an 80s film. It just was sort of like a quintessential groundbreaking film. It feels like a quintessential 80s film when you look at one of the screens closely that they're showing. Yeah. The readouts and stuff. And you can see Pac-Man. <laughs> Which is awesome. It's in there. <laughs> Which is super awesome. So... The special effects were outstanding for the time. I mean, I just remember being a kid and seeing them throw the thing around, like, and it was like all like a slight take on a video game, but not yeah. quite a video game. Man, I love that. It's funny for me because I thought about putting that one on my list, but as I think about it, those effects were actually a hindrance for me when I was a kid. 
Really? Not because, not because they were bad, not because they were terrible. I mean, they do look cheesy now compared sure. to what we have today, but sure. I didn't think they were bad. It 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 was kind of hard to watch. Yes, it was. For me. It, it was, was so specific and so monochromatic and so stylized yeah. that I found myself kind of having trouble figuring out what was going on as a kid. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> um, but Tron holds a very special place in my heart. It's not on my list, but it does because it led to Tron Legacy. Yeah. Which I love. I think that's a great movie. Um, it is a great movie. I like to see it's that not, again. You know, it's not one of the best movies of all time. No. Um, but it's not the best sci-fi movie ever made. Yeah. But... It is the directorial debut of a guy who, for me, would go on to make the best sci-fi movie ever made. And that's Joseph Kaczynski. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. made Oblivion, yeah, which is my go. favorite sci-fi film. So There you go. And I love everything he's done. He also directed Only the Brave. Mm. Right now he's attached to Top Gun 2 because he and Tom Cruise are buddies. Yeah. Um, and... I, it's funny. I watched just today. I've I've been watching a lot of whatculture.com videos lately. Oh yeah, and they do a lot of the lists, you know. Yeah. And this one that I was watching was like the top ten films that have been promising a sequel forever that will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is a sequel to Tron Legacy. Oh. And I'm like, I would love to see it. I'd love to see Joseph Kaczynski make it, but yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. I here I think you might be surprised, and here's why: because. Tron is getting implemented. Tron rides are getting implemented at Disney parks. Yes, but from what I hear, they're not they're not going to go the route of making a direct sequel to Tron Legacy. Oh, they're going to oh, retcon oh, oh. it. That's what I'm hearing. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. I can see. See, I, I would be cool with Tron coming back without it being a direct sequel. I don't mind it being a direct sequel. Yeah, I mean that'd be fine too. I just yeah. I think they set up something cool there that would have been cool to see it continue. I agree. I agree. We've seen that happen time and time again. <laughs> so. We have to reboot the series. Yes. Yeah. All right. What's your number five? My number five. <clears throat> it's funny. My number five for a while sat at number one. Oh, really? And, and I kind of you... had to do some shuffling and rethink some things and stuff like that. But Interesting. This This is probably the movie that when I think 80s movies. Yeah. Aside from maybe The Breakfast Club, which is not on my list because it's not a good <laughs> film, yeah. but this is the one that pops into my head above everything else, and it's The Goonies. Oh, yeah. You know what? I did not watch much of The Goonies as a kid. Yeah. And so what you're getting in my list is a lot of movies that I saw as a kid, recognized it as an 80s movie, but The Goonies is totally 80s oh yeah it's so 80s yeah and you i don't i don't think you could remake it now and do the, the same it's way. as 80s as the phrase totally 80s <laughs> <laughs> that's a rad 80s movie bro yeah and they've talked about a sequel like everybody yeah. like josh brolin yeah. cory felt i mean cory feldman talks about all kinds of crazy crap but uh sean astin and even the guys that aren't acting anymore like the guy that played chunk and the guy that played data like yeah. they're all talking about it too and even richard donner has talked about it um but it just doesn't seem like there's a good idea and they're not going to make it if they don't have a good idea you know you know that in deadpool 2 there's going to be some sort of goonies joke about cable and oh, josh brillen yeah. there's got to be some Goonies it, well, joke. in the marketing, there has been. Oh, there has. Yeah, oh, I saw. 
I saw some sort of a poster. I think it was, I'd have to look it up, but if I remember correctly, it was Cable painting a portrait. Oh, yeah. No, it was Deadpool painting a portrait of Cable. Uh So you see Josh Brolin as Cable, like, posing. Yeah. But the painting is him from Goonies. Oh. With, like, you know, dressed up as Brand with, like, all the the cheesy 80s, like, sweat clothes and stuff. (laughs) That's awesome. So. That's a great choice. Yeah. I, I approve. I mean, and I rewatched it recently. It totally holds up. Yeah. Super fun film. It has this great sense of wonder about it. And yeah. you to- is even though they're in danger, you totally wish you were one of those kids. Yeah. Like going on that journey. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's awesome. So yeah. Number four. Number four. Okay. So this film has been remade essentially. And it, it can't hold up. It can't hold up. It has been remade. It has been remade. And there's no chance it holds up. The remake doesn't hold up? or Not the... even close. It's not even close. It's not even in the same conversation. I really want to guess this. Yeah, I want you to guess it too. So I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna start saying some things okay, about it. Okay. I've realized as I was making this list how these 80s films are completely ridiculous. Like there, There's a lot of them that are just completely ridiculous. Sure. So they can have serious elements. Which but is also... the world we're living in now too. Yeah, they can have ser- you can have serious elements, but also be completely ludicrous. A lot of the '80s films have a very strange vehicle. This one does too. Very strange vehicle. It's really weird. Quintessential '80s stars. Like if you if you would think of like okay, so who's big in the '80s? Oh my gosh, these guys, right? Um, so is it the Corys? Super iconic. No, it's not the Corys. It's not that. I should say quality 80s. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I want to get this. It's not one of my favorite films from the 80s, but it's definitely an 80s film that has to go on a top geek movies list. It has a, a vehicle. It has a super unique vehicle. Super unique it has vehicle. Special effects that are pretty darn good. It has one of quintessential the 80s stars. Great. It has a great soundtrack with a with a with a, with a song that if you if I'm you so don't know myself right now. If you don't know the song that's associated with this soundtrack, and by the way, they tried to remake this song with the remake, and it's awful. Oh, I got it. What is it? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. Who are you gonna call, man? <laughs> so you have the you have what, what do they call the 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 station wagon that's all outfitted? Doesn't it have a name. Oh, the, their car? Yeah, yeah, What yeah. do they call it? Yeah. Um, Ecto-1, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's also, So all that's just so good. You have Bill Murray. You have Dan Aykroyd. Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. like Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. I mean, it's like the 80s. It's like an 80s, like, Rick who's who. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's not my favorite film. In fact, as a kid, it scared me a little bit, if I'm being honest. Like, <laughs> the part where Scorny Weaver starts talking because she's possessed oh, it's is... Oh, frightening. <laughs> yeah, it's so And the stuff in the fridge. I was genuinely afraid as a kid to open the fridge. <laughs> exactly. If there's one thing you know about Daryl and I by this point in time, we hate horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So. Freaking Event Horizon. Oh, man. <clears throat> but I this so this this is like so 80s. It's just so 80s. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's a great movie. And actually, Ghostbusters 2 was good, too. Yeah, exactly. But did you see what I mean by the remake? Oh, it's terrible. That, and it doesn't have anything to do. They try to make it about, oh, people hate on it because it's a female cast. No, it's, it's just, just not funny. It's just not a good movie. Yeah, it's just not and a good movie. And it's so funny because I bought it when it came out. 
Really? Yeah, and my wife was on board with it. We're yeah. like, let's just buy this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy. Exactly. Hilarious. Kate McKinnon. We love Kate McKinnon. We're and like, she's great. She is the one great role in yeah. it. Yeah. We're like, this is going to be good. Exactly. Like, it, how bad can it be? Even if it's bad, it'll be funny. And it, no, we regretted buying it. Yep. Not worth it. So. What's your number four? See, so, 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 so I mean, like, it's such an 80s film that it not only could not be remade, they tried to remake it, they tried to update it, and they couldn't even do that. Yeah. So. Okay, I'm gonna see if you can guess my number four too. All right. All right. So I'll I'll do the same thing. I'll say things about it. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a movie that if I put it up against its peers mm-hmm. or other like films of okay. it, it doesn't get up towards the top for me. Oh. But when it came out, yeah, it was groundbreaking, at least for me. I mean, we had seen other stuff like it before, but Groundbreaking. it was the first time that a character was treated seriously in a way that I felt a character deserved to be treated. Now, going back, I feel like it doesn't hold up quite as well, but I had there was never as much anticipation for me as there was for this movie. I remember buying every magazine I could find. I bought every bit of, like, pre-release oh, merchandising i, I get my hands on i know what it is what is it as soon as you said as soon as you said i can never remember anticipating a movie i've said that before. you've said this on the podcast yeah. before and it's batman it's batman yeah. yes so yeah i don't think that um i might get some flack for this but i don't think michael keaton was a great choice um and i even thought that back then hmm. and i remember watching it and thinking that <laughs> yeah. but still thinking but this is I mean, aside from Superman, this is the best comic book movie I've ever seen. They're taking Batman seriously. He's not yeah. go-go dancing. And, <laughs> you know, he's not saying, holy whatever, Batman. And it's not like, bat this and bat that. And, you know, I mean, I have a great deal of affection for the 60s TV show because I grew up on those reruns. Yeah, and exactly. I loved watching them. And Me I have too. all of them at home. Do you? Oh, yeah. Shark repellent. I bought the Blu-ray set. That one's so funny. Um. And I especially love that Batmobile. That was a classic. But I was longing for that character to be taken seriously. Yeah. And to see a movie that really justified the character. It's such an odd character not to take seriously. Yeah, but the 60s. Yeah, that's true. It was that kind of thing. I mean, Yeah, it's true. But, um, and like I said, I, I feel like it's been done exponentially better since yeah. then. I mean, yeah. Chris Nolan but um <laughs> true yeah it's true but at the time it was amazing yeah and it was i i was so excited and i don't remember i mean i know every inch of that movie so well yeah because that was my movie when i was a kid like daryl the, the berlin wall is going to come down this year i don't care i don't batman. care batman yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that's awesome so yeah that's a great choice i i um That'd probably be on my honorable mentions list because yeah. that's yeah, that's really great. And I, the other I, thing that's interesting about it, I do not like Tim Burton. Yeah, you don't. I don't think I liked him then, and I don't like him now. Yeah. But back then, it was just a, well, he gave you what you've been wanting. He did, and he, I mean, he did a he did a good job. Yeah, yeah, he did. At the time, it was a great job, and since then, it's been done better. But well, it's pretty amazing that we live in a world where jack nicholson's joker is second fiddle 
And maybe seriously. And maybe even third fiddle if you count Mark Hamill and the and the cartoons. And I think we owe a lot of our great villains today, like Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. Like Killmonger, like Loki. Yep. These people who have stepped out and taken a different approach to playing a villain. Yep. We owe a lot of that to Jack Nicholson. Totally. Totally. Yes. So my number three on this list is probably the least geek of all the movies. It still qualifies. Jaws was released in the 70s. <laughs> no, no, it's not Jaws. Okay. It's not Jaws. Um, I do not think this movie could get made today. We should just guess. We should just keep I'm guessing. I'm totally yeah. into the guessing Yeah, thing. me too. Let's do it. So I don't think this movie could get made, made today at all because I think that the concept could not be executed in a non in a way that the audience wouldn't be like this is the creepiest thing of all time why is this happening i think that that today's modern audience would be like this is not okay <laughs> so but, does it involve an adult and a child yes it does <laughs> it also has one of the most quintessential 80s stars who got his start in the 80s but is still giant today and, and and honestly has has his career has but no, done nothing but get he's gotten better and better and better as time has gone on but even in this movie he's great and don't before you before you guess this is one of the most classic scenes <laughs> when they show i'm just hoping it's not teen wolf <laughs> <laughs> teen wolf no no I'm sure. yeah. um no this is, this is this is one of those you know when they show like like mo- magic movie magic moments yeah this is one of the this this movie has the one of the scenes that they show an adult and a kid yeah it's barely a geek film it sounds like barely a geek film it would qualify as fantasy sure oh my gosh yeah this is one of those things where how long do i sit in silence on an <laughs> audio only medium and try to i know exactly out? let me see if i can give you let me see so that classic <clears throat> scene this may totally give it away yeah. but that classic scene involves a musical instrument and a very non-traditional musical instrument. Oh my gosh. With black and white keys. Why in the world? That's on the floor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I thought yeah. about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Big. Yep. Yeah. It's big. Yeah. You're right. That would qualify as a fantasy film. Yeah. And if that's on the list, then I, I might... Now I'm thinking, should I have brought one of my honorable mentions into the real list? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but you see what I mean by being creepy? People would be like, what is this relationship and why? In the yeah, 80s, but you know what? We got 13 going on 30, which was basically the same thing, and no one batted an eye at that. That's a good point. Yeah. I, but see, that movie did it did it pretty well, too. They did, They took it, and they made it very innocent. Yeah. Which is kind of how you have to make the movie. Now, 13 going on 30 is even riskier yeah because at least with a male character as the one that got older you don't assume that that something bad is going to happen and be like as traumatizing yeah i just i don't know yeah because you you yeah i don't know that's a tough one but you're right though they did they did do that they did make it happen you know it's that's a pretty good film too yeah my wife loves that movie yeah Mark Ruffalo, he's in it. He's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, As the Hulk, because it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's an odd fit. The <laughs> yeah. Hulk and Sidney Bristow. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess we could have said Electra. At least that's within the same comics universe. That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, you know, as I think about big, I kind of, my mind is kind of going towards a, a superhero movie that is being made right now, which is uh, Shazam. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. With Zach Levi. And that's, you know, you have a kid. Yep. Who becomes an adult superhero. Yeah. It's sort of Ant-Man-ish in his feel. Yeah. In his tone. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, I've everything that I've ever seen of that character, um, if they embrace the kid, Bill, yeah. the Billy Batson side of it, uh-huh. um, it's very lighthearted. Yeah. And so they don't really go into those issues. Right. Um, and then the darker stuff that I've seen that uses that character, uh, Billy Batson's not even in the picture. He's just Captain Marvel or Shazam all oh, the time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I've read some of those. And I'm thinking I, I, this movie might sort of walk that line. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It, it is. It's a very, you can just really not do some of the jokes well, which is a special shout out to Tom Hanks for playing this movie just the way you should play it. Yeah. So. Yeah. What's your number three? Um, well, first, let me just say. Yeah. Um, no, we'll, we'll come back to honorable mentions later. I'll yeah. save. I'll save it. Okay. Okay. Um, but I got a guess. I got a guess. Okay. I'm trying to think of how I can give you a clue for this <laughs> without you getting it right. Indiana away. Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah. <laughs> as as that's it. That, that's I'm exactly like, it. Yep. I know what it's gonna be because <laughs> I'm gonna know what it is. If that's what it is, then I know what it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before too, but that's my favorite of the Indiana Jones trilogy by far. Um, that scene with the tanks. I always talk about that scene. Yeah. That's one of my big childhood scenes, That's like awesome. just him fighting on the tanks and dealing with the tread and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and then he's, he's hanging off the thing with the strap and, uh-huh. and they, and they take him into the wall there. Yeah. Yep. It's like, you get claustrophobic just watching that. Totally. Yeah, totally. And then I, you know, growing up, I had seen a lot of, of Sean Connery. I mean, yeah, I'd watched a lot of Bond films, the Highlander films. Yeah. Um, I am the last we'll, one. We'll probably talk about <laughs> in remember? the Patreon section, but, uh, <laughs> <sighs> and then, you know, lots of Sean Connery since then. But I remember when that movie came out, yeah, the fact that Sean Connery was going to be in an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. It was a huge deal. Yeah. It was. Yeah, totally. But yeah, that's my Indiana Jones movie. And he does such a great job as the dad too. He he's, does. He's, yeah, that's a, that's. You can't get that wrong in my book. I mean, that's we just named awesome. the dog Indiana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My brother-in-law literally has a dog named Indiana. Really, for that yeah. same reason? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, what are some of his other great lines? You, there's <clears throat> just doing Sean Connery impersonations are hilarious. Well, just saying, Junior. Yeah, Junior. Junior. <laughs> yeah, he's he's what a great actor too. The line that I always... I'm not good at impressions, but the line that I always You're think pretty of, good. You say you're not good. It's just that you don't want to try it. The line that I always think of when I'm trying to do a Sean Connery impression uh-huh. is actually from The Rock. Which one is it? And I mean, there's all kinds of... There's a couple lines that I'm not going to quote because I've already cussed on the air once tonight. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's one line that I love to repeat of his, and it's when he meets his daughter uh-huh. in the Palace of Fine Arts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so he walks up to her and he's talking to her and he's like, I've rehearsed this speech a thousand times on the off chance that we would meet. Yeah. And now here we are. 
and I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. I don't know why that's the one that sticks in my head, but. Yeah. Um, there is a joke. Oh, man. I'm going to get it. I'm going to mess it up. You have to go watch it because my wife and I rewound it probably like 10 times and just kept watching it over and over and over. And it's not this one. It's not this one. I think it's probably cruder than the one I'm going to do. But it's just so funny because it's coming from Saturday Night Live. Uh And they always have Sean Connery messing with Alex (laughs) Trebek. Oh, yeah. And so this is not the right one. Daryl Sean Connery. (laughs) It's so good. And this is not the right joke. Go watch it online. Go watch it on YouTube. I guarantee it's there. But he basically is like, you know, he chooses a category. And he always chooses the category wrong. That's part of the joke. Yeah, he says it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So So the category is s words yeah and he goes i'll take shorts for a thousand <laughs> yeah. and, like, and then he's like s words and he's like yeah. then all of a sudden you it cuts away from sean connery you just hear this in the background he goes damn <laughs> <laughs> and that is so funny and i think actually i think actually he's got he got the answer wrong in some way shape or form yeah um they always get it wrong. Yeah, but but that's the actual set. So I'm I'm doing the wrong setup. But whatever the right setup is, it is hilarious. Yeah, and you should go listen to it. My favorite one is the character. The category is therapists, and he goes, "I'll take the rapists." <laughs> <laughs> they always make him super dirty, <laughs> yeah. like dirty old bastard type level guy, and yeah. it makes it. <laughs> It makes it really funny. That's worth that's worth going to look at. Oh my gosh. We're already to we? we're already number two, man. Number two. Yeah. So you wanna try to guess this one? Yeah. Okay. I think you're gonna be shocked that this is at number two for me. So okay. here we go. This is it is... Labyrinth or Legend? No. Okay. Both of them are back not to on my list. <clears throat> this movie is super weird. It is. Well, it was the '80s. Incredibly '80s. One of the characters wears a tank top for the entire film. That's how. Oh. That's how '80s it is. Oh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, Big Trouble in Little oh, China. Oh, it's a great movie. It's didn't a make great my, movie. It didn't make my list, but that's a great. It movie. is a great movie. It could not be made in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> it's no chance. Just the opening scene with Kurt Russell talking on the CB while he's driving the truck. <laughs> totally. It makes no sense. <laughs> Go back and watch it again and uh, listen to what he's saying. It makes no sense. It is culturally insensitive at best. <laughs> like it is so no. it is so racist. It's crazy racist. <laughs> but it has one of the biggest 80s stars in Kurt Russell. But to be fair, I think it's I think it's universally racist. I think it's making oh, fun of white true. people just as much. Oh, totally. I was just watching the trailer. Just as just, I watched a bunch of these trailers just yeah. to like get a reminder of it. And he like he takes his little machine gun, his like Uzi machine gun, which I don't know where he gets it, and he shoots the ceiling, and then like the concrete falls on his head. <laughs> it's like he's supposed to be the hero. Oh man, that is a that is a hilarious movie, and it's well worth watching. I remember watching that as a kid and just not understanding. <laughs> I was like, what in the yeah. world? A dude literally blows up. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I don't even I can't even I don't even know. He just it's like it's like you know what I would equate it to? The only movie that I can say is even approaching its level of strangeness in the modern day is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. 
Because it does feel kind of like a big video game that they're playing. Actually, you know what approaches its strangeness? What? Okay, this is not a feature-length film. Yeah. You can go find this on YouTube. It's a I short film. I think I know film, what you're going to say. But they're going to make a feature-length film yeah. out of it. Kung it's Fury. Kung Fury. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it is insane. Really weird. And I guess Michael Fassbender is going to be in... Really? Like he's going to star in the new version of it. Isn't Wasn't Hasselhoff in the, in the short film? <laughs> probably i think he was. that would fit really well yeah i don't remember exactly i've only watched it once but <laughs> same vibe you know what though i think here's the thing i'm not sure that the people who made big trouble in little china were going for like i know that they're going for humor they were yeah but i think that they were they're well, not it was this is kung fury is is parody yeah i don't think that big trouble in little china is parody. Do you know what I'm saying? No, it's not. Um, and it is. It has been very. There's a comic book now. There's a Big Trouble in Little China comic. Is there really? Yeah, and they've been talking about remaking the movie. No, way. I think with The Rock, because you know he's in everything. Oh, that kind of bums me out though, because I feel like you need a cheesier. Per- I mean, I know The Rock can play cheesy, but like, I feel like you need like a cheesier person to play that role yeah i mean i don't know that that's actually going to happen i'm on imdb right now so if i look up big trouble in little china um there is oh is there okay there is it says it's on imdb that doesn't mean anything yeah you know it, it doesn't is... have anybody attached to it other oh, than the rock like... it's just just the rock <clears throat> yeah um but what i was going to say about the original is not only is it not a spoof, it's probably actually somewhat closer to a horror film. Yeah. Because it's directed by John Carpenter. Oh, true. Who directed, you know, like the first however many Halloween films. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They Live. And did he do the first Terminator film? Was that John Carpenter? No, I still think that was James Cameron. No, James Cameron didn't direct the first one. Oh, he didn't? No, he produced it and he wrote it. Oh, okay. Then yeah, then he probably did. He probably um, did. The Terminator. Uh oh, what the heck? It does say James Cameron. Why did I think it wasn't? I don't know. Boy, now I feel dumb. Yeah, uh, no, no reason, no reason to feel dumb. We have that's why we have Google. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have the Almighty IMDb. Yeah. So, what is your number two? I'll give you a two-word clue. Okay. And I bet you'll be able to guess it. Okay. Perfect film. Oh, yeah. I will be able to guess it because it is my number one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So tell us what it is. Back to the Future. Yep. Back to the Future. Yep. Which we did an episode on not too long ago with Josh Taylor. Which so was awesome. You guys can go back and listen to that. Yeah, I think he said. It, I think he said it was his favorite geek film of all time. It seems like it's one of his favorite films. Period. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is totally fair. It's an amazingly good movie. Yeah. And you hear a lot of people describe it as a perfect film. Yep. Which, an argument could be made that that's true. I I believe it is a perfect film. I believe it. I don't believe there is a perfect film. Well, I believe it is extremely close. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, if you said. The scale of perfection is one to ten. Yeah. You would give it a ten, but that's because you can't do any better. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It is. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I mean, talk about totally 80s. It is like <laughs> the 80s movie. Yep. And I think when we did the podcast with Josh, we talked about how if you were a kid yeah. when this movie came out, so it came out in 85. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were only four. Yep. But I was, I'm trying to do math. I was nine. Okay. So, um, and I remember it felt like my life. Except really? for the time travel stuff, but like the world that they set up, <laughs> yeah, it really did feel like my life, like the neighborhoods yeah. and the music and the yeah. way people were behaving. Totally. Um, even the house that he lived in, like, oh yeah, it just totally felt like. I mean, it didn't feel like our house, but it felt like I'd been in that house, like I'd been yeah. at friends' houses and they lived in that house, and it just felt so real. And then it became this awesome fun adventure i mean as i watched it again in preparation for that podcast you're talking um i was amazed at how like if i watch if i go and watch big trouble in little china right i go yeah it's it's an excellent 80s film it's a crazy 80s film it's ridiculous but it definitely is not high quality anymore it definitely doesn't hold up as much anymore you can't say that about Back to the Future. No. It holds up just as well yeah. as it did the first day it came out. And I've actually, <clears throat> I've gone back to watch Big Trouble in Little China a yeah. few times. And I remember I'll start to watch it. Yeah. And then I'll kind of like, I'm like, okay, that's enough. Like, I won't yes. finish it. I'll get partway through it. Yeah. Back to the Future. Like, I mean, we don't really live in a world where you can accidentally come across movies anymore. <laughs> you know, because everything's yeah, on true. demand. Yeah. But if that were to happen... I feel like I would have to sit and watch the rest of it. Yeah, you you drop everything and be like, "Oh, Back yeah. to the Future's on." Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those movies that is if you're a kid and let's just I don't think it ever played on KTLA in Southern California because KTLA did, couldn't afford that level of budget. <laughs> but if it was, that was one of those films you'd be like, "I am gonna watch this." Yeah, like I used to do that with a film. It's not a geek film at all, but I used to do that with, with the stupidest film of all time in the '80s. But I loved it, North Shore. <laughs> Oh, I love the North Shore. <laughs> the North Shore is so Nobody good. Nobody listens to Turtles. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. When are you gonna stop calling me? What are you? When are you gonna Howley. stop calling me Howley? Or no, it's, it, I think he says. Yeah. When are you gonna stop calling me Howley? When, when you stop a being Howley. a Howley? Yeah, Howley. When you're not a Howley anymore, Howley. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh yeah, it's a great film. Oh yeah. Not a geek film though. So yeah, uh, what I was struck by when I thought about when I thought about Back to the Future, it was also tied to a fantastic song, just like I mentioned. Some of these other ones were, in fact, especially um, Ghostbusters. It's You're like talking about Earth Angel. <laughs> no, no, that's the power of love. Yeah. <laughs> that's the power of love was such a good song, and then you had the unique vehicle. Mm-hmm. Right, you had the DeLorean. the DeLorean. You had Michael J. Fox, one of the biggest '80s stars yeah. there was. Yeah. So it's almost like the it's almost like this the equivalent of a Ghostbusters. Like those two are like quintessential '80s films that are really good and yeah. really quirky, but it's better. A uh, way better. Way better. Yeah. So so anyway, that was my number one. That was like my number one because I think that that film is just amazing. <sighs> Okay, so my number one. Yeah. So far, I'm, I'm I'm two for two on these last two guesses, man. I think you can guess my number one without any clues whatsoever. Oh, man. What have you said so far that I'm missing? 
by the way, I will say, if Back to the Future three, yeah, had come out in the eighties, yeah, it'd be on my top ten as well. Over number two. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, for sure. Number two wouldn't make it. I like number two, but but I love one and three. Oh, interesting. But okay. three came out in like ninety one, so yeah, it doesn't yeah, quite yeah. Make the list. No, and that was actually a rough decade for when they were trying to do sequels and they crossed into the nineties. Yeah, it didn't quite work as well. Yeah, there was some something something happened there. I mean, that was. I think that we were less optimistic in in middle class America because we were seeing things happen like. <clears throat> we were seeing the world get smaller. You saw like the Berlin wall came down. So the yeah. communism wasn't as big of a threat anymore. And then all of a sudden we had in LA, I remember this very distinctly. We had the LA riots. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it, yeah. All of a sudden it was like, Oh, you can't just skateboard down any street. Yeah. Right. Like all of a sudden it just was <laughs> yeah, like, you were, anymore. yeah, you were made aware of things that you Ooh. didn't know about before yeah. they existed. When I was a kid, I'd jump on my bike and go with the next door neighbor and ride like a mile away or half a mile away to the park in the next neighborhood and totally. not even tell my mom. And yeah. That was fine. Yeah. Same here. Now, if my son walks outside the front door without telling me, <laughs> I freak out. <laughs> exactly. This is a different world. Cause and I think a lot of it was the, the same things were true. We just weren't aware of them. And it made the world seem like a smaller, like we it made our, the world seem like a bigger place, but our community was safe because we knew yeah. our community. And then the world became small and all of a sudden we were aware of all the problems and yeah. it just kind of got worse. Yeah. So I should be able to guess your number one, huh? Man. I mean, you've got, can I ask a question? Yeah. Which is it comic book? Is it fantasy or is it science fiction? question these days technically it could be all three <laughs> um oh, i would is... say at the time it would not be fair to call this a comic book film but it fits very well into the other two okay it's not okay not a comic book film but it is science fiction and fantasy yes it's not labyrinth <laughs> or legend <laughs> it's a it? tie between labyrinth and legend <laughs> Man, give me you gotta have to give me more. I can't I don't think I know it. Okay. Um it's again, it's another one of those ones that how much can I give you without you actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Tom Cruise? No. Is Tom it Tom Cruise did not really start making geek films until after the eighties. Wasn't he in Labyrinth or Legend? Or well, whatever? yeah, but he was in Legend, <laughs> but I don't yeah. actually think that's a good film. But he was That's a weird film. Like Top Gun was sort of the breaking point for him in yeah. the 80s when he yeah. started like making when Tom Cruise was a name that made you go see a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And there were some great ones in the 80s. There was Days of Thunder. There was um, stuff like The Color of Money, like lots of really oh, yeah. good movies, but they're not geek films. Yeah. It's not really till you get to like the minority reports and right. stuff like that. That's true. Is it a Steven Spielberg film? No. Who's the director? I, I actually don't know. Oh, really? I think I know. It's a young Chris Nolan. No, no, it's not. I I feel like I know the director. Can I look it up to make sure I'm right? Yeah. You know the director. It fits in science fiction. I know. The, oh, Honestly, I'm shocked that you have Kirshner. Okay. Yeah, Is it Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, I'm shocked oh, that it took you that long. Oh man, I just I thought you would have picked. I thought I honestly thought you would have picked 
Return of the Jedi as an 80s film over Empire. Well, here's the thing. I think before the Story Geeks podcast, that would have been true. Uh, but as we talk about stuff and as we really dig deep into what makes movies good yeah. and what makes them last, yeah, um, I've learned and come to accept that Empire really is the best uh, of the original it. trilogy. Got it. Um, so uh, Raiders is still... Uh, Raiders? There's a Raiders poster five feet away from me, <laughs> so I can't get it out of my head. Um, Return of the Jedi is still my biggest point of nostalgia. Yeah. But Empire is a better film. Yeah. I mean, Empire is my second favorite <laughs> film of all time. Yeah. So I'm not going to argue with you there. I know. <laughs> I know you're not. Yeah. That's an amazing film. Uh, so honorable mentions. Yes. I could tell you for me, my number 11 film. Yeah. And I thought, I, I actually went to bat to try to get this one to be in the top 10, but I just couldn't, couldn't justify make it, happen. it. Okay. My number 11 is The Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. That's Which definitely if you 80s. talk about 80s stars, I mean, yeah. you got the Corys in that. And then you talk about music, that soundtrack, I loved that soundtrack. I don't even know what that's on that soundtrack. There's nothing iconic. Okay. Um, but it was just a big deal to me. Hmm. And I remember listening to it constantly. I still have it. Kiefer Th- Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Um, uh, Alex Winter. Who oh, would go on yeah. to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure with Keanu. Um, there was an actor named Billy Worth. Yep. Who was also in... He did a lot of Native American type stuff because he looked Native American. He may have been Native American. Yeah, yeah. And I remember him because he went on to compete on American Gladiators did he really? in the 80s. And he did pretty well. <laughs> Dude, American Gladiators was awesome. But yeah, the Corys. And I remember, you know, back when Corey Haim was still alive. Yeah. The Corys were, a, they're worth talking about when you talk about the 80s. Because yes. for you younger guys, if you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. Yep. Who nowadays you think of as a dead drug addict and a psychopath yeah. <laughs> who yeah. should not be famous anymore. A very strange individual. And they've built they're they're very unfortunate stories. They both lived through the absolute worst evil yep. that Hollywood has to offer. Yep. Um so that's taken advantage of in almost every way of their lives. Yeah. That you could be taken advantage in of. In all the worst ones. Yeah. Yeah. Which which then they all went they they like you like most people do like you would do they went straight to alcohol and drugs and however they could cope yeah exactly yeah um but when Corey Haim was still alive towards the end of his life there was even a tv show hmm. on the e-network of all networks but yeah um about them oh that's it was right. a reality show yeah that's right yeah and it was very dramatized but it was fun to watch and but the whole big deal was for years and years and years they talked about making a lost boys sequel Ah. Uh. And, um, it, when Corey Haim started to kind of get healthy enough and stuff like that, they thought, okay, 20 years since the movie came out, yeah, we'll do it. And so they did it. They made a Lost Boys sequel. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. And it was a big deal. You could watch the reality show and you could watch them talking about it and prepping about it and going to meetings for it and Crazy. stuff like that. Yeah. And when the time finally came... Corey Haim had gone off the wagon again and he was just crazy. And so his involvement in the film ended up being relegated to a post-credits sting. 
What a bummer. Because he just couldn't hack it. Yeah. He was going nuts on the set and everything. And so Corey Feldman's in it. And it's not good. It's not a worthy follow-up at all. They did another Lost Boys film later on after that, Mm -hmm. which was a little bit better. but, But the original is a classic. Yeah. And I remember it's one of the few movies I saw where they talked about comic books in the movie. Oh yeah. Like Corey Haim's character was into comic books and Corey Feldman's character and his brother ran a comic book store. Oh, no way. And I was like, that's me. These <laughs> dudes are in the comic book store. Yeah. And I was so happy. And it, it's sort of like, it's one of those early movies that kind of made me like vampire stories and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. But it also kind of defined the type of vampire stories that I liked. Right. I right. didn't like the ones that were deep, deep horror, like your yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. And I didn't like all the seductive stuff and things like that. Right. I liked the ones that were more like horrific action kind of. Yes. You know? Like what you get out of a zombie film. Yeah. So like your Lost Boys, your Underworld series and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good That's a good one. That's definitely 80s. I, w- I wouldn't have put it on my top because it's not really, my, I w- not really one of my favorite films, but definitely 80s. You mentioned mine, actually, one of my honorable mentions as you talked about that, and that was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. So I, I lived, I grew up in um, a city uh, called Roland Heights, and uh, my cousins grew up in a city called Laverne in California. Well, in between Roland Heights and Laverne is San Dimas. Yep. And San Dimas is like one of those places where you'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my cousins like live in, in Laverne. And people yeah. go like, where's Laverne? And I go, oh, it's near San Dimas. And they go, yeah. what's San Dimas? And I'd be like, dude, San Dimas High School rocks. Yeah. <laughs> and they go to Waterloo. Yeah. And those of us that are in Southern California, we know that's raging waters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. It's so raging waters. Yeah. Uh, I actually really want to watch this film again because I think that this is a pretty pretty – quintessential 80s film i think that some i don't even remember bogus journey came out in the 90s right probably yeah and again had that 90s problem where it was like the 90s were basically like we left all that behind guys yeah you know but but bogus journey had its own charm like i like exactly yeah exactly william sadler's death he was hilarious (laughs) all right what's another one of your honorable mentions um I mean, I had a lot of the ones that you mentioned. Big Trouble in Little China, Spaceballs, Ghostbusters. Oh, nice. I think a big, big, big one that we're not talking about is The Princess Bride. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know what? I don't know why. I thought about that one. Yeah. Uh, and it's definitely high quality. You know what I think it is for me with that film is that I feel like that film is great. Yeah. But the people who love that film sort of overhype it for me. I'm not saying it's not great, and I'm not saying they shouldn't overhype it. I'm just saying, yeah, that's fair. For me personally, it gets overhyped. Yeah, but it is a fantastic film. It is great kid film. Totally great kid film. Yeah. Um, this is a deep cut type of one, but Time Bandits. Oh yeah, dude, Time Bandits was great. So weird. Yeah. So freaking weird. Yeah. Um, I love time travels, kids. Terry Anything Gilliam, was- right? I don't know. I think he directed that. Really? Yeah. That's why it has that Monty Python type feel oh, to it. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Another one that kind of came close to my top 10 is Predator. I have that on my honorable mentions Love too. Predator. <laughs> yeah, Predator. <clears throat> and I heard, I actually, 
I heard recently that there was a sequel to Predator, a direct sequel to the original. Yeah. And like with Arnold Schwarzenegger and everything. Yeah. But he didn't like the script, so he didn't want to do it. But that would have been cool. But they made Predator 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's different. I mean, yeah, 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 the yeah, Predator yeah. films have all sort of suffered from the same thing. Where yes. They just take the concept and put it in a different context. Exactly. Yeah, and exactly. Predator 2 was good. Like Danny Glover, he was good in that. Yeah. Um, and even Predators, which came later, fairly recently with... Uh, um, I'm for some reason I'm blanking on all the names of the guys that Adrian Brody and uh, Topher oh. Grace. Um, that was a good movie too. Was it? I never yeah. saw that. I didn't like the Alien versus Predators movies as much. Um, and then there's a new one coming that Shane Black is making. Oh, really? Which is funny because Shane Black was in the original Predator. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he was one of the guys, one of the crew. Really? Yeah. No way. <clears throat> and actually, if you want to go really, really deep. Go to YouTube and look up Batman Dead End. Uh-huh. I think it's Dead End. Okay. Um, it's a fan film made by a director named Sandy Cholera. Uh-huh. I think that's his name. <clears throat> and um, Is this the same guy that made the one, like Batman versus Darth Vader? I don't know. Okay. Um, but this is a good, it's short. It's only maybe 20 minutes long, 15, 20 minutes long at the most, maybe less than that. Um, but it's basically Batman versus Predator. Oh, no way. So, like, he is... At first, it's him facing off against the Joker. And then the Joker just gets, like, grabbed and pulled into the darkness. And it's Predators. And no way. It's really cool. That is cool. Well done special effects on Predator, too, for the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's on my honorable mention. It, it's it's on my honorable mention, and it almost made my list. It almost made my list. But it's not as... It doesn't bring as much emotion to the table for me because i saw it much later yeah so i didn't really see it in the 80s yeah and so it doesn't quite like doesn't quite hit me that way yeah but um willow was another honorable that's mention a good one. for me yeah that's a good one we, my, my friend my friend win used to always go willow. yeah I'm like why are you doing that yeah it's in it's, the movie it's creepy yeah um and then the only other honorable mention i had was gremlins Oh, yeah, that's good. And almost, like, Gremlins 2 is almost even more fun. Yeah. Because it's so crazy. Yeah. And nowadays, I can't think of Gremlins 2 without thinking of the Key and Peele sketch about it. Have you seen that? No. Oh, my gosh. you got to go find it. Um, I think Jordan Peele would say that it's one of his very favorite sketches that they ever did. Really? Yeah. So, it's basically, it is... Keegan is playing a guy who's leading a meeting of writers talking about Gremlins 2. <laughs> and they're like, so we're going to make Gremlins 2. <clears throat> um, and to kind of help us think through it, we've brought this guy in. I forget his name, but yeah. So Jordan comes in and he plays this like crazy over the top, like super charismatic, like film doctor guy. Like he's, <laughs> and he's like, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go around the table and you are all going to give me a gremlin <laughs> and tell me what you think. And, um, and I'm totally butchering the lines and stuff. You have to go watch it. But, um, one guy in the meeting was like, um, spider gremlin. <laughs> and he's like, are you talking about a gremlin with eight legs that looks like a spider and crawls all over and kills everybody? It's in the movie. <laughs> and then another guy's like, 
electricity gremlin? <laughs> and he's like, you mean a gremlin that doesn't even have bodily form and just bolts around like lightning all over the place? It's in the movie. <laughs> and they go through and they come up with the most outlandish crap. And um, and then he like leaves the room. And at the end of the sketch, Keegan is like, well, obviously none of that's going to be in the movie. And then there's a little caption at the bottom that says, all of that is in the movie. <laughs> and it is because it's so outlandish. It's so crazy. That's awesome. So Is that all your honorable mentions? That's everything I got. I only have I only have one more than that. Um, that you didn't mention, but it is one of my favorite movies to come out of the 80s. It makes a lot of my top 10 lists. It's not on this list because I didn't make my list because I don't feel like it couldn't be made again. I feel like it's, it'd be easy to make it again. Should I guess this? Yeah, I think you've already, I think you've already said it in this podcast. I have? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Labyrinth legend. I might have been in your top ten, actually. <laughs> no, the Terminator. Oh, the Terminator. Yeah, I think so. Terminator One is either my favorite or tied for my favorite. Yeah. The other not being Terminator Two, but being Terminator Salvation. I love Terminator Salvation. And we both we both have talked about this. By far my favorite. Yeah, By love far. Terminator Salvation. Yeah. I but I also love Number One, and and I think that as you're talking about it being filmed by John Carpenter, even though it wasn't, but. I, <laughs> It, Even though I lied about well, that. Well, it makes sense, though. I, why did I think that? I well, because it is filmed like a horror movie. It does feel like that. I don't know why I thought that. I think that it might be... Well, no, it, it is easily, I think. I think about this for a second. I think it's easily my favorite James Cameron film. Sure, that's fair. It's really, really good. and and um, Most people probably say Terminator 2, so if you like it better than that one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I really like Terminator, but but I feel like you could make the same movie now and have it be equally as good just with updated technology. I mean, Terminator Genesis was essentially the same movie and it was not good. Well, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like you couldn't make it with the same, but if you said, we're going to just take that same exact script, not even change a, a single word in the script, unless it's like, it's an 80s word, we need to update it yeah. to a modern day word. Yeah. Uh, I think you could make an awesome movie on that script. You could. I feel like you might want to shift the Terminator a little bit hmm. and not try to go for this big muscle-bound yeah. bodybuilder-type dude. Yeah, that's a good point. Because nowadays, if you do that, you're going to end up with The Rock or like some other former professional wrestler. It's <laughs> <laughs> true, <laughs> you know? yeah. So true. So you kind of have to take a different tack, I think. That's true. But yeah, I mean, it's a very basic story that is intriguing so yeah you could definitely tell that story again yeah that's true great discussion and that's going to be it for this portion of today's show so thanks for joining us don't forget to subscribe leave us a comment on our blog on youtube on facebook wherever you find us um and again please do go and write us an itunes review um help get the visibility out there help get more people finding us we really do appreciate it when you guys actually share your favorite The Story Geeks episode on social media as well. So please do that. If you do that, you can tag us in it. Tag uh, hashtag The Story Geeks. And we would really appreciate that. We love it when people share our podcasts and our material. And links to many of the things we've talked about today are in the show notes. 
So please consider supporting us on Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. You will get access to exclusive content, which Daryl and I are about to record. Yep. We are worst geek movie, movies from the 80s. And we get bash. Yep. And so to do that, uh, just head over to www.thestorygeeks.com. And as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories and always seek the truth.